0: Let's hit it! Well, hi, everyone, and welcome to Alzheimer's Speaks Radio. I'm your host, Lori LeBay, and I'm so excited that you're joining us today. We are going to have a fascinating conversation, as usual, as we learn from people all around the world at all ages and stages of life. Stay tuned as we shift our dementia care from crisis to comfort. Here we go. What you think about. Well, hi, everyone, and welcome to Alzheimer's Speaks Radio. I'm glad you came back. If you liked our opening song, it's called Clarion Call by the Mark Arneson Band, featuring Maya Dore. and you can download that on any of your favorite music platforms. For those of you that are new to Alzheimer's Speaks, we're about sound information, not just sound bites. We like to have a real conversation with our guests, and so we'll be chatting for about an hour, and today we're going to be talking about COVID and how people and organizations have been adjusting and adapting to still be able to um, make sure that people with dementia and their families and their staffs are able to continue to live fully uh, during this pandemic. Before we start, I'm just going to give a shout out to the Memory Cafe directory. I absolutely adore their work, and I highly recommend um, people with dementia and their families uh, participate in memory cafe either near them or really it can be anywhere in the world because they're going virtually now and you can get more information by going to memorycafedirectory.com for more information also i just want to let people know that all of our shows have been archived and we've been doing this for many many years so there's lots of information at alzheimer speaks um, regarding our shows we also have a youtube channel that has a lot of the recordings, which are um, video for our radio show. We have Dementia Chats. um, There's a ton of, ton of resources out there. So for our listeners, again, I want to thank you for listening, for liking, clicking, and sharing our episodes. And I know you're going to get a lot out of our show today, which, again, is a COVID special. So let's go to our guests because we are going to be talking about how to stay engaged and how to adapt with COVID, um, no matter where you are in life or in the world. And I think everybody here is going to be able to play off one another and really boost what they're doing in their own areas, um, because there's just so much to learn. So for those of you that are new to Alzheimer Speaks, I'm Lori LeBay. I'm the founder. My mom had dementia for 30 years. And that made me shift careers, and I just really wanted to raise everyone's voice and connect people to product services and tools so that we could all live better. So that's my background. I'm going to have each of our panelists introduce themselves because they can do a much better job than I can. So Denise, you want to kick us off? Sure, sure. I'm Denise Etheridge, and I'm the CEO of Divinity. Um We
1: have uh, senior housing in Minnesota, all around the Twin Cities, and outstate in Duluth. Uh, we have full continuums, we have uh, independent living, and we have, well, many continuums,
0: independent living,
1: assisted living, and memory care.
0: Wonderful. Thank you. And Beth?
2: Hi, I'm Beth Salzberg. I work at Jewish Family and Children's Service outside of Boston, Massachusetts, and I work directly with families and individuals living with dementia. And I also run a network called The Percolator to support organizations in starting and running memory cafes. And I run the Dementia Friends Public Awareness Program for the state of Massachusetts.
0: Thank you. And David.
3: David Shopman, um, co-founder of uh, Coral Health. We're based in Austin, Texas. And uh, we provide therapeutic music and spiritual support to individuals with dementia, as well as across the continuum of care.
0: Great, thank you. And Maria, I'm going to go to you next.
4: Hi, I'm Maria, and I'm co-founder of Maria's Place. We are a website with free activities for seniors with dementia, without dementia. We have plenty of explanations to how to adapt our activities, and I'm basically in charge of content.
5: Great, thank you. And Nicole? I'm Nicole Bontrager, and I'm the CEO and co-founder of Maria's Place. I work side-by-side with Maria. Um, our website provides hundreds of free activities for caregivers to do with their loved ones or the people they're caring for, and we also work with uh, senior living communities and helping them plan their activity programs and providing them with everything they need for that.
0: Wonderful. Thank you. Now, Nicole, I'm going to have you continue to talk because one of the things I like to do is ask everybody if they have been personally touched in their family or circle of friends by dementia and then now with COVID.
5: I have not personally been touched by either, but I got into this line of work because of just my care for older people in general and everything that's going on in the world.
0: Okay, great. Maria, how about you? I have been working in nursing homes with
4: activities for the last 10 years, so I have been touched by dementia every time I go in there. Um, COVID, not directly, but uh, the nursing home is is clear of COVID right now. Okay, great.
0: And David, how about you?
3: Yeah, you know, Laurie, when we we started the company, um, you know, our story and our background, we were... Um, we were literally, you know, providing uh, music to individuals with dementia care in uh, in, in communities and got to, to see firsthand um, the power of our product and really inspired us to continue our work and, and do the clinical work and clinical trials that we did because we literally, and you guys can see our other videos on YouTube, we literally, um, you know, were able to help people um, not only reduce agitation, depression, but very specific people. Elizabeth specifically who's a great video on our site who hadn't spoken in, in, in almost 10 years. And I had the joy of literally standing in front of her and, and watching her sing and, and, uh, and to one of our programs. And um, to say it was moving would be an understatement. But obviously, we interacted with, uh, with, with hundreds of thousands of individuals um, in various f- phases of dementia over the years.
0: Okay, great. And have you been touched by COVID at
3: all? You know, fortunately not. Um, Myself, my family, and it has all been healthy. So we're very blessed.
0: Wonderful. Thank you. And Beth, how about you? So
2: I came to this work um, not through a family connection per se, but um, because I had worked for many years with older adults and then in hospice for several years before I came to Jewish Family and Children's Service and really um, learned a lot about being in the moment and um, just shifts in my way of thinking that made me very interested in being a support however i could to people uh, affected by dementia regarding covid fortunately my immediate family is doing fine right now massachusetts is one of the hot spots in the u.s and um, in my work world myself my colleagues who work in our care management guardianship program etc we have sadly lost just so, so many people. It's really um, been quite something. I run a support group for adults whose parent or parents live with dementia. That group's been running seven years and just the number of losses we're having, it's like a different kind of loss than we've experienced before. So it, it feels very present.
0: Okay, thank you. Yeah. And
1: Denise, how about you?
0: Well, um,
1: yes, and yes. So um, my, my mother-in-law uh, had dementia for just about 20 years and ended up passing away. Um, <clears throat> and she, we tried keeping her at home, and then we tried putting her in a facility, and it was, just was devastating. And, and the changes was what was so difficult. So um, when I came to Avinity, uh, once I became a CEO, we opened up um, memory care and our first building. And so now we have it in four of our buildings. And we can see, because it's so important that if they don't have to keep changing um, and moving, it's a lot less disruptive for them. And then the consistency with the staff, the people that they know. So we found that really beneficial. And COVID, well, um, I'm grateful we don't have any of our six properties. So knock on wood, uh, resident population or staff, uh, but uh, personally, um, I've been my my husband had COVID and so I was quarantined for 14 days. Don't know if I if I got it because at that point they weren't testing if you were not symptomatic, but I had no symptoms at all. But work, it's here, it's turned us upside down even without having any positives.
0: Great. Well, thank you all for sharing that, um, Denise. I'm going to have you go ahead and start us off with. What has changed in your business because of COVID? Oh, <laughs> and, and you only have a short time. No <laughs> goodness. Well, everything. So from, from the lives
1: of the residents to the staff here, to even in our executive office. So um, I took an early stance right away to closing down um, all my buildings as best I could, even to the protests of my independent living a residence, um, which I think has helped attribute to not having COVID. So, you know, we're having to do all the the, the testing of the staff as they come in. You got to do the questionnaires, you got to wear masks, you got to hand sanitize. um, You have to get uh, temped. As you come in, you leave the building. No visitors, no external activities. Um, Residents are asked to pretty much stay in the rooms. The dining program has stopped, we're delivering meals to them um they can't play bingo which i just love which is probably the hardest thing for them um and going outside we have to move chairs around so they can't sit too close they can't see their families um so it's it's pretty difficult for our residents um we're seeing them being very sad and some of them are even becoming depressed um staff um as some of you might know that uh the care, the caregivers the frontline caregivers you, most of them have more than one job and usually it's at other Uh, assisted livings or other um, senior living type facilities so early on um, I asked my staff if they would be willing to commit to one or the other Um, and not in a bad way Um, I said you know if you choose your other job fine Um, I won't take you out I won't term you I will um, keep you as casual and bring you back when this is over so you have this job Um, choose to stay Um, I can't pay you to compensate fully, but I increased pay to keep them, to get them to stay. So financial burden, um, I see the quality of life for the residents is terrible. It's extra work on the staff. It's, uh, a nightmare, uh, productivity wise, because here in our executive office, we're back to back meetings all day long on this stuff with ever changing, um, and, and trying to source personal protective equipment. So that's in a
0: nutshell. <laughs> that's a lot to deal with. And like you said, all the constant changing of the rules and things. Um, I find it interesting in terms of staff that you really wanted to limit that exposure, which to me makes a lot, a lot of sense. Have you seen some benefits to that for the residents in terms of not having as many people and maybe more consistency in staff? Yes. There I have seen some positives. So it's not
1: all horribly negative. There there are some silver linings. So um, the staff that's that has committed to just staying here, um, they're also picking up shifts to help with open shifts or whatever. So they're spending more time with the residents and the residents are absolutely loving it. Um, and the residents are getting more one-on-one time with staff because they can't have the, the congregate settings. So in that respect, it's, it's a little better. They're really missing their families, but we've allowed them to come to the windows. And so a lot of them are coming around windows and seeing their families and providing um, technology so they can you know, FaceTime or Zoom and call.
0: And those are at scheduled times because I would imagine there's not enough access or residents may not know how to use the technology as well. Right,
1: right. So again, staff is working more one-on-one with the residents. And so that part they are enjoying.
0: Okay. How are you dealing with in buildings that are, are more than one level, getting people to visit, you know, with families? Are, are they brought to a main floor and coordinated with family to be able to visit? Oh, families are not allowed to come in our buildings. We No, I understand that, but can, can a resident, let's say from a second or a third oh, floor come yeah. down to first floor to be able to see?
1: Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. So staff is helping the residents get down and spending and sitting with them, or by them while their while their family is there to help if there's any technology issues or if they need any assistance.
0: Okay, I I don't know if you guys saw on the news the other night, but they had um, these things that they use for at hospitals so people could hug. So it had a, it was like a plastic door, but it had arms, plastic arms, and they wore their gloves, and both sides had had arms so that they could hug one another. It was pretty cool and they were saying what, and somebody did it to their grandma, they just did it on her front door and said, no, grandma, now put your arms through. And they were like, both cried. It was like, you know, but it was just, it's interesting how creative people are getting and understanding that that, that physical touch is important too. You know, it's, it's nice to be able to see one another or to be able to chat, even if it's through a window. And I think we're I think in a lot of ways we're valuing our relationships more than maybe what we did when everything is so accessible. I think it's really easy to take it for granted. And um, you know, we don't have that as an option these days. So thanks for sharing Denise, Beth, how about you? What has changed, you know, with your organization and your role in terms of serving those with dementia?
2: Well, um, so all of our in-person programs, had to end in early March and we've been busily trying to find new ways to maintain social connection and provide essential services. In my role, um, I was able to pretty easily move our support group online. We've had to increase our meetings um, by double because there's just so much need. There's um, so much stress that our participants are under so we're meeting twice as often and then the memory cafe that i run where you see the sign behind me is virtual now um that's been going on for a couple of months and it's been wonderful but what i have seen is that for some people access is extremely difficult either they don't have a device to connect with, or they don't have good internet, or in some cases, it's not the equipment, it's the feeling of comfort and just to have someone to really help them do it. And there's also some situations where people with more advanced dementia find teleconferencing really confusing. Um, in some cases, I know people who find it hilarious, and that's great, you know, who attend my memory cafe. Um, But a few who just find it disorienting and so they're opting out. So um, for people who aren't able to access the online technology, it's been a question of having volunteers write letters, sending out letters, making phone calls, um, and just trying to find workarounds. Uh, There's a lot of creativity. I talked to someone the other day in her small community. They've got a group of musicians who are going and playing in people's driveways. So there are all kinds of things happening. Um, I would say the other interesting thing has been to see the way access is increasing in some ways, because now we're taking transportation out of the equation. Where I'm located in greater Boston, traffic is horrible. Parking is really a problem. And that's very daunting for a lot of people or makes it impossible for them to come. So a lot of people are now attending who never did before. We're also getting attendees from far away. And that is really exciting. Memory cafes, many of them are going virtual and on the virtual cafe directory, you can find cafes in different countries as well as all over the US. So it's been amazing to see those barriers actually disappear And the one last thing I just like to mention is that I think what we're seeing in greater Boston, I know this is true elsewhere, is it's just so different depending what community you're in. So communities of color are really being hit extremely hard in greater Boston. The incidence of COVID, the death rate is much higher. There are many communities that are so densely populated, people really can't physically distance A lot of people really can't stay home, work from home the way I'm able to. So I know that the experience of it day to day just depends so much on the resources that people have and literally where they're coming from.
0: I so agree. We're doing, um, we did our third sing-along the other day um, with a musician, and we've been videotaping those. And one of the comments was somebody didn't want to put their video on because it was going to be too confusing for the person with dementia and all the little boxes was too much. And so, like you said, getting people used to the platform or even signing in to know that they can have this gallery platform or they can just have the speaker pop up. But when they don't know that person, that can be confusing too. So, you know, everybody has to adapt the best they can. Have you had anybody just call in and not do the video and and participate?
2: Yeah, I have two regulars at My Memory Cafe who don't use computers and who just call in. And so for them, I mail out any kind of visual material in advance each month. And what has been wonderful is to see that they're really enjoying it. And I just make an extra effort to kind of narrate what's going on during the cafe so that they are able to kind of stay with us. And uh, fortunately, it seems to be working for them.
0: Oh wonderful. We've had a couple of people too in ours and we don't do activities. We we're just really we're a group that just chats, you know, it, it's all about camaraderie. Uh, so I don't have to worry about that that level that you do. But it is important to make sure you pull those people in, even though they might be a blank name on the screen and just even labeling their names so other people know. Because they don't recognize somebody's phone number per se that they're calling in, so just making sure that I do that as a facilitator, um, to be to try to be inclusive. It's weird, just the little things that that make a big big difference there. Um, you've done such a fantastic job with the percolator group and have really expanded and just pulled so many great minds together and trying to figure out what's the best way, you know, to do this. How do you open something up and you know how do you adapt and Um, the group um, just has uh, fabulous ideas and wonderful support for one another so thank you for the work you're doing there making a big difference all around the world not just in Massachusetts
2: (laughs) thanks well it's so inspiring Um, to get to hear ideas from different places where you know people have come up with something that no one else would have thought of and just to have that chance to share is is really great
0: yeah yeah, I think it inspires inspires everybody by having these these types of conversations too, like we're having here. Um, Maria, I'm going to go to you first, and then Nicole. And I'm going to go to Maria first because well, Maria's place is named after Maria. <laughs> so why don't you why don't you tell us um, how how you and Nicole have adapted? And Nicole, you can go ahead and unmute yourself as well and and pop in on the conversation.
4: Uh, yeah, we have we have expanded uh, our offering. We still have the free website, and it's been great actually in the last month or two for us because we have so many new members. It, 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 the membership is free, but there were people from everywhere uh, using our activities, which is it's gratifying for us, um, and we get nice feedback. But we also started uh, making an activity box, and I'm going to actually let Nicole explain that one because she's much better at explaining than I
5: am well we've been talking to a ton of senior living communities and um, like we've heard already they're having a really hard time probably the hardest time Um, a lot of them are having issues with you know staff and having enough activities to do and ideas for if they're on complete lockdown, how do they engage everyone, and how how do they what do they do with everyone, and trying to keep them engaged as possible? Um, some people that we've talked to are now doing littler groups, like four people in a group. It just depends where they are, but basically what we've put together is an activity box that we're doing, um, where we plan their activities for them. We send them a box with three activities a day on the weekdays, one activity a day on the weekends, all the supplies needed for them. And for COVID specifically, we've been adapting them to their situation. So things that you can just slip under their door if they're locked in their room and they can't do anything, if they are more independent, they can do those things by themselves. We've got one-on-one activities, we've got hallway activities, and basically we've just been expanding that side of things and trying to Think of ways and be as creative as possible on how to get people engaged when they're stuck in their rooms, basically. So that has been growing too, and um, yeah, basically all in all, we've been growing a lot during this time because people are just needing needing ideas and things to do.
4: It's also that box is also a very big time saver for staff, and we're trying to make the explanations as thorough as possible so that a volunteer or someone that maybe not know doesn't normally do activities will understand the activity and how they can adapt it to different levels of engagement.
0: Can you give us an idea of what types of activities because I'm thinking like you know if it's if it's coloring or you know if it's cutting you know how do you get those types of supplies or is it just different totally out of that box so you don't have to be mailing all of that stuff or do they give you a checklist of what types of supplies they have or we would
4: expect them to have some basic uh, supplies like paints and brushes and um, pencils scissors tape Uh, if there's anything specific to that activity like nice colored papers or pipe cleaners or you know something that maybe they wouldn't have in their cupboard. We send that with the activity. Okay, yeah. I was
0: thinking there there had to be some kind of streamlining. Yeah, communication. we we
4: also give templates for painting. We encourage people to draw their own, but if if they don't want to do that or if they haven't got the confidence, there's templates there. So there's options. Okay. We're we're doing journaling pages. So we have maybe quotes about dreams or life or nature, and then we. They, they can for those people that are able to write themselves and um, they can on a nice page with a nice border they can write their experience of that particular topic or if they want to just write about one of the quotes they can do that just to for a little bit of extra engagement
0: you need to almost have a, a covid book that they're putting together with their different activities of of what they did or what, what their thoughts and stuff were to just um, capture this time. Or yeah, um, I, I know a lot of communities don't like this, but as a family member um, I, I kind of fought for this um, and I would love to see what, what your thoughts are, but I know everyone likes everything clean and you know um, professional looking, but I think like some of those quotes or artwork up on the wall, even if it's yeah. not, framed especially at yeah. this time when someone's just walking down the hall because this is their time out of their cage basically is Absolutely. probably how they're feeling yeah. would brighten yeah. the day and yeah. and i don't know if if you've seen or heard of any of that happening
4: in any- we have only started doing these things but i thought possibly that we could uh include a folder where people put their own writings in and photographs. And you know, say they're painting a a photograph frame to put a photograph in, so they have a sort of a, a record of what they are doing, mm-hmm. not just for COVID, for for general as well.
0: Yeah, yeah, it would be interesting it, with mm-hmm. those phrases and stuff, um, mm-hmm. even for a community to put a book together, you yeah. know, for um, just defining this moment in time because they can they they have so much wisdom. Yes, and, you know, and some of them might be. Um, Goofy sayings, but they're memorable to that person, and you just absorb them. You know,
4: yeah. And we have uh, what I call a reminiscence social, but seeing as they can't have socials in groups now, they have their journaling page, and I, I have questions on, say, what was it like when you went to school? Did you have to go to the toilet outside? Did you have heating in the house? Did you have to bring your lunch? Or were you like so many things that have changed between now and then? And then the options then to write it down if they want to. And then another option then is that they read it to each other, so they can see what their different experiences are on that particular topic.
0: Oh, neat! Do you encourage staff to um, to videotape, like when they go around and ask them for those phrases, and then maybe I don't know. I know some places have um, TV set up where they can they can put certain items on. Um, I, I'm probably talking over my head. I, I know enough to be dangerous with some of this stuff. Denise, uh, do you know what I'm talking about? Yes, I do. We have the, the community
1: TVs and we have them in a lot of our common spaces where we, um, put up, you know, uh, pictures of the latest event or, uh, the, the menu for the week and all sorts of things. So yes. And we, we do put photos up. So we've had events and we take pictures of the residents. We put them up there because I like to stand in and, and see them.
0: Yep. Neat. Thank you. Um, Nicole, anything you want to add? I know you have so many different types of activities if somebody comes to your site. Mm -hmm. Can you explain
5: to everybody the variety of choice that you have? Yeah, we've got everything from creative to uh, brain games to just different mental challenging games to exercises to... Scenic videos. Relaxation and scenic videos. Basically anything you could be interested in we have (laughs) because everyone's got different interests obviously not everyone likes crafts and not everyone likes crossword puzzles but we have an assortment of everything and I was also going to add from your point Lori that you just were talking about about sharing the experiences in in a book or something one of the activities we're sending out this month coming up is actually a a whiteboard activity so we're sending out a whiteboard where the residents can write a message to the outside world and they can basically make like a collage of everyone holding the whiteboard with their message on it and we thought that might be a powerful way to show what's happening right now and, and maybe even comical or just heartfelt and just a good way to connect even though you can't physically be together.
0: Yeah I had interviewed um, one gal whose husband was in a community And she said, you know, it was difficult not being able to see, but she got this picture of him with this big, huge smile and he just had a piece of paper and it just said, I I love you on it, you know, with her name. And she said, you know, now, you know, that's her screensaver. And just, you know, those little teeny things make such a huge, huge difference. Mm-hmm. for for so many people have you guys pulled anything together regarding like sensory stuff for people um because they know that that's a that's a big deal as well
4: and we we had quite a lot of plans for more crafts and sensory and all that but with all the restrictions that are there at the moment between sharing uh physically physically touching things that somebody else is going to touch we have sort of put a lot of them on the on the long finger but we have big plans for when the restrictions
0: oh, yeah ease, e-
4: ease off then we will go into those areas a lot more in the box but there are on the website there are suggestions and ideas for tactile things
0: so if a family went there they could purchase something for their loved one at home and then it wouldn't be they, they
4: such can't such a... purchase off the website they are they can see what they can do their purchase will come in with the box and that probably be more for facilities our communities than okay. the actual home caregiver. Okay. But therefore for the home caregiver, there is so much on the website that they can look at.
0: Okay. I didn't know if there were things there that they could purchase or, you know, give them an idea of going to Amazon we, or wherever.
4: We, to- we were actually, yeah, we have a resource page, but Nicole was just asking me today, should we put little packages together um, that could be sold at a reasonable price as well for home caregivers? Mm-hmm. So that's probably next step.
0: Yeah, that you guys have done a lot in a short period of time. Yeah. You guys also do videos that show people how to adapt um, an activity depending on the progression of the disease. Is that correct, or or the person's abilities? It,
4: yeah. It, the, the, yeah. The video shows what to do, and then there's writing underneath each video that it tells um, how how you can change it around for someone. Sometimes with the craft, if you have nice music going in the background, and maybe you're not able to take part, but you're still part of a community, or, or in the room with them, you're watching other people paint. Maybe you can give advice as to what color they can use. Maybe you can hold your finger on something that needs to be stuck on, even if you can't physically do the whole thing yourself. You can still be engaged, even if you can't do the whole the whole craft.
0: Exactly. Well, great. Thank you. I want to get over to Dave here next. And um, David, why don't you tell us what you're up to? Because you guys are doing some pretty cool things as well.
3: Yeah. Well, first of all, you know, hats off to my fellow panelists. It's uh, it's inspiring to to hear from those that are on the front lines and, and living this every day. I mean, we, we do our, our small part um, in trying to help, but um, those people that are all of you guys are, 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 like I said, super inspiring. But, um, yeah, so back to your earlier comment um, around what's changed. Um, as you know, you know, we deliver our content through third-party uh, patient engagement systems, right, Tech- digital TVs, and, 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 you know, that entire space has just exploded in the last couple of months. And, and you know, a silver lining of all of this is it's going, it's, it's forcing technology, you know, into – what are very you know untechnical environments generally which is long term care and more specifically memory care and you know it's it's as you've all alluded to it's it's forced a lot of things so our customers and the, own, the 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 usage of our product has just gone through the roof and so um yeah we're we're very blessed to to be able to to share our gift and as you know Lori, um a month or so ago you know we started uh you know giving our product away for free and uh, because there's so many uh communities um you know that that don't either have the technical ability uh the system um or you know don't have any the money or whatever and we just felt like you know during this time it was just the right thing to do and and uh, the reception's just been unbelievable i mean you know the um the amount of press coverage that that has helped us you know uh, provide our content, you know, to anyone with an iPhone, um, that's in a healthcare community that needs it. And, you know, specifically in, 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 in memory care where, you know, the only way we can share our gift a lot of times is, is through a caregiver. And so their ability to access it on, on any device, their phone or whatever, and share that, um, is amazing. And, you know, the, the rest of the panels talked about activities and, you know, that's a lot of what we do, as you know, I mean, there's a, there's a very strong clinical therapeutic side, uh, to what we do. And there's also uh, an engagement and an activity side. And, you know, even the usage of of our uh, music trivia is up through the roof, as you can imagine, all of the different programs we have around, you know, I think we have 20 or 30 different activities that we set, you know, different types of music to. Um, At the same time, you know, our spiritual uh, content has gone up a lot, too. And I think that's just a, a result of, you know, loneliness and anxiety and people looking for um, you know, a way to, um, you know, a a, a way to to get out of the craziness and and, get back to something that is some sense of normalcy for them, whether it's through music or through spiritual, uh, uh, content. But, you know, I, going back to, you know, first of all, you know, what Nicole and Maria were talking about around activities, I mean, it's a, it's a huge gift for us to be able to do that. And and we appreciate all of the, the support we've gotten and, and, um, we're just thrilled, as, 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 I, as I said earlier, because the silver lining, again, on all this is, is the, the use of technology, I think, is going to be helpful for everyone. And I think it kicked us probably 10 years forward in the last two months, or at least it feels like it did.
0: So you had mentioned that you have some activities that, that uh, go with your music. Can you give us some examples of that?
3: Yeah, I mean, you know, the music trivia is, is probably the most important. And then, you know, we have uh, programs around everything you can imagine from spa day to ice cream socials to bingo. Um, I mean, we cover it across the, the continuum, you know, even knitting and, and um, you know, drawing times and puzzles. And, you know, we try to set. As you know, all of our programs were, were, were done with, with music therapists, music designers, and they're very specifically woven together uh, for, for whatever outcome we are trying to to achieve. And with activities, it's generally around staying, you know, at a, at a, at a flat rate, right? We don't want uh, music fluctuating like it would on the radio, up and down. And it confuses and makes people agitated, especially those with dementia. And so we try to, you know, Use the you know the the musical memory bank right and and use uh, uh, music and its power without trying to you know disrupt uh, or, or or use songs that trigger uh, um, you know negative emotions in people. So um, again, if you use the product, I know you have you know we have uh, um, enormous library there for for activity directors and and caregivers to access.
0: So with um, with the different activities, and you're kind of putting playlists together for people
3: then? Right, I mean, we call them therapeutic programs, um, but you know, yes, essentially in layman's terms and the, the way the rest of us work, they are playlists, yeah. And they, they range from, you know, our sundowning programs are, are you know, less than 10 minutes and, and some of our activity programs are an hour to an hour and a half. And, um, you know, individuals choose the genre, um, you know, because everybody's preferences are different and they choose the activities and uh, yeah, we, we, we we run a series of of programs uh, uh, based on their likes, their interests and what activities they're doing.
0: Okay, great. I am, um, I I love the whole music base because I think it just uplifts people uh, so easily. And it was one of those unconscious things that we don't really think about a lot of times in terms of how it can, how it can shift things. But You know, all of you guys are doing such important work in terms of of adapting and making sure that the continuum of care um, prevails and quality of life, you know, moves on. And, you know, with Maria's place, again, um, like Dave's, this can be tapped into um, through a family you know, an individual and or a community, same with Beth, with the memory cafes, you know, they're, we're not just in our backyard anymore in terms of what we need for services. We can go all around the globe and find information to support us and to learn from one another. And Denise, I appreciate you being so honest on, you know, how you're moving through and we're really trying to tackle this before it tackled you guys. And making some of those hard decisions, everybody's out there um, with these creative ideas and really trying to get a get ahead of the game uh, because it sounds like this is going to be with us for quite a while and the changes are aren't going to be going away and um, as mentioned, the technology is a huge huge piece that we have to shift and change and everybody has to adjust and there's definitely um, been some positives. You know, with that. Denise, one of the things I didn't ask um, in terms of technology, we're hearing a lot more about telehealth. Are are you guys doing any of that there? Yes, yes,
1: we are. Um, Because we we heard early on that, you know, folks, especially if they're going out for dialysis, they have kidney issues or the ones with the underlying conditions or comorbidities um they're especially vulnerable so we we're doing the telehealth which has been amazing it's also less disruptive uh for them for the memory care folks than having to try and shuffle them out um we've had to stop we do have uh doctors that round uh every month but we've had to stop that so it's just been just the telehealth uh, part of it which has been great
0: okay i know when my mom was in uh... In memory care, she used to love to go out to the doctor, and then it just got so overwhelming, and, you know, she would know, you know, she was going, and then it was, she was worried something was wrong, and so having that regular partner, and I can see where the telehealth would be um, extremely, extremely helpful with with all of that. Um, Anything else that you wanted to add, Denise, after hearing the others?
1: well um, david i 'm a big fan of of your site and i in fact, I listen to your music in my office myself, and uh, <laughs> um, our, our memory care uh, staff are really enjoying it, and so are the residents so that 's been wonderful Cause we we 're not having outside folks coming in and playing music and doing you know our normal music therapy, so this has been great and and the spiritual aspect um, bringing in and there 's so many different um, religions you can tap into which is which is awesome you know so we can reach everyone diversity is phenomenal and I'm definitely going to check out Maria's place I think that's going to be a wonderful addition um, the memory cafes we I don't know if you know but we have the um, our, our our little uh, respites uh, called the gatherings and we've had to suspend those and oh we're getting such um, sad feedback that the resident or one of the residents but the participants are really declining after not having that engagement you know once or twice a week so we're going to try and get something if we can virtual the
2: gathering is amazing i've i've seen your videos over time and it's such a beautiful program so we the percolator network has accumulated resources and guidance for social and creative engagement programs that are transitioning to virtual so on our webpage you can Definitely see how-to recordings and so forth.
1: Wonderful. I will most definitely check that out. Thank you.
0: Great. Beth, any, any other comments that you have in wrapping up? I just highly recommend the scenic v-
2: videos on Maria's Place. I, I can just lose myself in those. I love them. Um, I think it is so helpful to look for those silver linings here and there. One thing I've noticed in some of our programs is that people really enjoy seeing the houses, you know, they see the home environment and we are doing programs where we have people bring something, you know, from their kitchen to make music with, or, um, you know, share something. Like I have my little stuffed animal here that my daughter made when she was a bit younger, you know, and it's just, it makes it more personal. So I think any little thing like that, that we can, where we can take advantage of this strange new world we're in, it just helps build our resilience.
0: So agree. How about you, Nicole? Anything
5: you'd like to add? I just agree with Beth, especially on all of the just doing things that are ways to add goodness in this situation that is really hard right now. And I do see also to David's point about technology and I really see a lot of change happening right now in the way people operate. and on every level of life, not just in the senior care world. I mean, everyone's starting to work remotely and do things they never thought was possible the way they are doing things now. And it's just a really, really interesting time right now. And I I just see a lot of change happening and I'm just, yeah, I'm grateful that we can be a part of it and and hopefully we can make a, a better reality moving forward. I agree. It is fun to see
0: all the creativity that's happening. Maria, how about you? Any last comments?
4: Yeah, it's uh, gratifying to hear about this using our site and and get nice feedback. I looked at the music site, David, the other day, and I did some of the trivia uh, quizzes, and I really enjoyed that. And and the music is fantastic, and it brings you right back to uh, 1950s, 60s. (laughs) And Yeah, I really enjoyed it very good. I mean, for dementia, I think particularly these days, it's difficult when people are in later stages to engage them because you can't go near them, basically. So, music is,
0: is a massive part of right now.
3: Right.
0: Dave, how about you? Any last comments?
3: Well, I mean, just to go off of what Maria said, you know, uh, I think, first of all, again, you know, all the, the work that they do and, and everyone's doing here is, is is inspiring. But, you know, we, as you know, dementia care is near and dear to our hearts where we started. It's where, you know, it's the core of who we are and what we do. And, um, you know, to hear all these people that are using our, our, our products and services, you know, to help those individuals reconnect um, and, and stay calm and and, you know, support their staff as well as themselves is uh we're just we're just very blessed and very grateful and, and again i think it's a silver lining and i think we're gonna have to change the way that we the, the way that we think and i think it's in a good way with respect to how we weave this technology into individuals that are that are suffering from dementia and memory loss because it's it's not easy. You mentioned early on, you know, all the squares and, and the technology can be scary and we have to rethink how do we not make it scary and make it, you know, utilize it to, to improve the quality of care.
0: Exactly. Now uh, Dave, for Coral Health and Music First, um, people can go to your website, which is health com, And then to take advantage of the the free music, uh, with Music First and Coral Health, um, they can go to coralhealth.com forward slash COVID 19 um, to get information. And then is it okay for them to email you directly as well?
3: Oh, absolutely. No, I, I, I would love that. My It's just my name at coralhealth.com, David at coralhealth
0: okay david at coralhealth dot com and then um nicole for maria's place um just maria's dot com that's nice and simple and then the email i have is contact at maria'splace dot so again nice and simple but you also have um you also have a facebook page or actually you have um you have facebook dot com forward slash maria's dot com and then Um, Pinterest.com, they can find you with a forward slash senior activities as well. Anything else that, um, Nicole or Maria, that you want to add for contact information? That pretty much sums it up. Okay, great. And then, Beth, I have for the percolator resources, they can go to the website uh, JFCSBoston org and then forward slash percolator. Right. Okay, so that's jfcsboston.org forward slash percolator. Any other information or they can just get a hold of you through through that site? My
2: email address is on that web page. So everything oh. it's a good good one stop shop. And you can find the link for the virtual memory cafe directory there
0: too. Wonderful. Sounds good. Now, is that a different directory Directory that you have from Dave's directory? No, it's Dave's directory that I've linked
2: there. I maintain a directory for Massachusetts, but all the cafes that have transitioned to virtual that want to share contact information broadly beyond their local community are listing them at memorycafedirectory.com. You go there. You click on a little box that says Cafe Connect, and that's how you get the virtual cafes.
0: Okay, great. But they can get that right through your site that's as well. That's
2: on my site too. Yeah.
0: Okay, great. And then Denise for Affinity Senior Living, I've got your um, email for info at affinityseniorliving dot org. Is that correct? Yes. And then um, a phone number if they want to call. I have six one two eight six one. 2799. That's correct. Yes. Okay. And you guys are located in Richfield, Minnesota. That's, yes, that's your right. main headquarters. Yes. Wonderful. Well, I want to thank you all so much for sharing your time today. This has been, I think just very beneficial and, um, and exciting, you know, COVID can be one of those really downer things, but when you talk to people like you guys that are all just making, making things better, and um, working together in the collaborations that, that come out of this, I think are really quite beautiful. So thank you all for, um, for your time today. So in closing, again, I just want to thank you all for listening. I hope you continue to like, click, and share this episode. I, I think there was a lot of wonderful information and great resources that, that will really help many, many people. So have a wonderful weekend, and thank you again so much for your time. Uh, you can always reach Alzheimer Speaks by just going to alzheimerspeaks.com. Bye now.